Dear Society, Welcome back to our podcast. So today we're going to be talking about college applications and our tips for completing them, and some general questions about the whole college admissions process. And with us, we have Darian, hey guys. a very special guest. <laughs> hey guys. So Darian is a senior just like us, and we have all just finished completing all of our college applications. It was a very long process, but we made it. So um, we have like a bunch of commonly asked questions and some other questions that we created ourselves. We didn't want like just the common questions like, um, you know, what's the difference between regular decision or early action? We wanted like deeper level questions. So you guys truly have an idea of how um, the admissions process works. So um, yeah, we'll start off with our first question. Does joining sports or does participating in like team sports increase your chances of being admitted? Um, I think it shows discipline because it takes a lot of time and effort to join a sport. And especially if you're showing that you're actually good at the sport. And I mean, I wouldn't, I wouldn't say to join a sport just for the sake of joining a sport. If you actually put the time and get better in it and like have spent years on it i would then recommend joining but if you're gonna just join to look good on your college applications i don't think it's yeah good. i think um i definitely would agree with that um i think that no extracurricular activities weigh more than others um for example if you wanna create videos on youtube on how to crochet you know that doesn't that's not less or more impressive than being the quarterback of the football team. Um, yeah, for sure. Yeah, so do what you love, uh, not what, um, in quotes, you know, looks good on an application or fits mm-hmm. your, you know, other uh, activities necessarily. Just do what you love and you enjoy and what you would spend time after school doing. Yeah, I agree. Because I feel like a pretty big part of, um, or at least like a pretty big stereotype when it comes to college admissions and um just like applying to college in general is that like your entire high school needs to be I guess your path has to be set out to be the most good looking or the most appealing to college admissions but I feel like um like pursuing your passions and kind of discovering what you enjoy the most is much more important than just like specifically doing things that you don't like that'll end up looking good yeah and also, like to add on to that, I think passion is definitely key because joining something just for the sake of looking good on a college application, it won't really help as much as trying to really dive into something that you're really excited about. And also, the excitement will show in your college application essays because, like, say you join tennis just, you know, to make it look good on your application, you can't really talk about it much. You don't know like how much it's impacted your life or something. But on the other hand, if there's something like, you know, like Darian said, um, maybe you really enjoy video editing and stuff and you can actually talk about something, then it's worth um, worth it as an extracurricular. Okay, so our next question is how serious are freshman year grades? That's a good question. I feel like... A lot of people are usually concerned with like, oh, will my middle school grades and freshman grades be um, impacted or like weighed into my decisions and stuff? Um, Personally, I feel like you should always like 
try your best in school, right? Just like go for、uh, what you can do the best.、Um, but like, I feel like people shouldn't not care about their grades. But it's not like like having like bad grade or one bad grade is gonna like be the end of the world for you. If that makes sense. Yeah, I think. Personally,、um, I freshman year for me was the worst academically, just because I left a private school to go to a bigger public school, and it was a. I see. Yeah, it was a very different experience. So,、um, I I I really recommend starting creating good work habits in middle school because middle school grades、mm-hmm. don't matter, but the work ethic that you have carries on,、um, and yeah, for yeah, sure, and your discipline. Um, but there are some colleges that don't check freshman year grades,、um, such as the、yeah. UCs. So make sure you're looking at your the colleges that you would like to go to and what they're really looking for. But in general,、mm-hmm. I would try your best to, as Alina said, to、um, you know do the best that you can achieve. Yeah. And then our next question: So when we're not in school, what should we be doing in our summers? Um, I think this is a great question because, um, like I feel like the summer dur- during summer break you usually have the most amount of time to explore things that you love, explore things, explore internships, fellowships. I mean, that's how the three of us met, right? Like we met through、mm-hmm. a summer fellowship, um, and it was like I think, um, at least over summer, it would be great if you could look for. One of these internships or fellowships, and kind of just dive deeper into what you feel like you could be interested in, and I think that'll also give you like a good grasp of whether or not you really want to continue doing this in college, or if you need to explore like some other subject areas. I would say like for summers, I feel like a lot of、um, students think that you have to go to like、um, expensive summer programs. That are like hosted by many of the top colleges, and I would say that like um, like yes, it can show you have like academic rigor, but um, I think there's other ways of showing passion in your whatever major you want or something whatever you're interested in. There's other ways to show that besides like shelling out so much money. You know、mm-hmm. what I mean? Yeah, I I I would have the same exact answer as what Serene said.、Uh, don't go for the try to, not to go for the、um, prestigious. You know what they call the prestigious summer programs for the top colleges, because they charge a lot of money first of all, and they also don't publicize their acceptance rates. So they charge you know ten thousand dollars for a summer, but maybe ninety percent of the kids get in because they want you know more money. So. Try not to do those. Try you know, maybe you could if you're interested in science, you could intern at your local community college or college's lab. Or if you're into polit- political science, you know, try to intern for your local you know person that's running for senator. Or you know, try those things that are accessible and that are free. And I think personally, I think those look better than、uh, the you know pay for play. Yeah. For sure, because I feel like、um, kind of adding on to what you said about how like real world job experiences can be more valuable.、Um, not not specifically job experiences, but like internships.、Um, it's because like sure at these summer programs,、um, you can learn a lot, right? You can become friends or 
with people who are like very prestigious and like who are also like you um but i feel like it's also not a bad thing or i think i really encourage people to kind of look for these summer internships and work under like mentors because that's actually going to help a lot with job experience like in the long run so that's a plus for sure yeah so like we just said like just try to find internships that are related to whatever major you want and i know that not like all majors would really have accessible internships it's generally like the ones at least that i see you know on linkedin or something are usually business related or there's a lot of political ones there yeah there's also some science ones um but like a related question to this is like should you be doing research every summer like i feel like a lot of kids think that you need to do some sort of scientific research to get in for you know a science major or something i personally did to two and a half years of summer research but i think um the most important thing is to not you know colleges don't expect you to 24 7 be looking at cells because that's not what a normal teenager does during their summers you know they 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 want you to you know explore new things meet new people travel um i know when i was writing my uh MIT application, there is a section, what do you do for your summers? And, there, and in parentheses, one of the options was just traveling. And um, I, I love to travel. I love to see, you know, new cultures and perspectives. And that's equal to me, you know, than looking at cells, not more, not less. So I think do things that you also enjoy, you know, it's not just it has to be something academic, you know, just for colleges, sort of thing for summers, because you have to enjoy your youth while you can. Yeah. yeah yeah for sure i i would i totally agree with that because i feel like a lot of um students especially when they get to high school they outline their whole life just for college applications it seems but i i strongly don't recommend doing that i like you said like really try to enjoy your youth you know like because once you go to college i mean you're not gonna have that much free time like you have right now anyways like moving on um so a lot of people ask, like, how many colleges should I apply to? And how do you create a list for this? Um, at least for me, I created, I was kind of like already thinking about my college list way back in, um, like around spring and summer of junior year, um, or like the summer after junior year. Um, I feel like it's better if you can plan early because that'll give you kind of an idea of which schools you want to do more research on. But I think like definitely before finalizing your college list, um, if there's like a school that you're interested in, uh, look into it and do research because that'll help you get like kind of an idea of whether or not the school is fit for you. And by research, I mean just like looking through their programs, looking at um, kind of like what they offer and stuff like that. And another tip, I guess, is not to focus solely on like rankings or like prestige name because I feel like a lot of people may like fall into that trap. But I think just finding a good fit is also really important. So, yeah, I, I, I totally agree with that uh, logic. And uh, it, it also depends like one important factor for me um, in the college app process was two things one to choose your colleges based off location so make sure that you're choosing a college location that 
you know, you might live there for the rest of your life. So, <laughs> uh, so, you know, personally, I love California. I live in New York, so, but I love California. I love East Coast. I, I didn't apply, even though, like Alina said, there's really good colleges with high rankings, you know, uh, but they're, they might be in the middle of nowhere that, you know, you don't want to live you know, right. I don't want to put anyone on the spot, but Washington, like University in St. Louis, Missouri. I yeah, was like thinking of the same thing. Be true to yourself. Maybe it is, you know, top twenty school in the country, but is it, you know, would you want to live in Missouri for at least four years of your life? You know, so I think location is a really important factor in the process to focus on early and toward colleges. Um and then another thing I would say is to apply to colleges apply to colleges that have early options. So apply to colleges with early action, apply to colleges with early decision, uh, if that's a financial route you want to take. Um, and it relieves a lot of stress getting into at least one college in December. Um, trust me, you don't want to wait till March to get your first acceptance because that's, that's very stressful. So try to at least, you know, apply to a couple colleges that you'll get notified in December. Um, and don't overdo it, I would also say. Don't overdo the amount of colleges you'd apply to. I learned that on firsthand. Like, firsthand, my parents said they won't pay for application fees more than six schools. So I ended up getting a job to cover the 30 schools I applied to, which is really excessive. So yeah, oh don't <laughs> yeah, do not do what I did. So yeah, listen to your parents. Only apply to, you know, not more than 10 schools at least. And um, you'll be fine. <laughs> Yeah, um, yeah, so definitely I agree. Location was probably the most important for me too because I knew that I wanted to stay in California and I wanted to be close to home. So, you know, I looked at a lot of like San Francisco area schools because um, I love San Francisco and I think um, it would be an amazing place to live. And I see myself like, you know, doing activities there. So I think an important thing is to know like, because what kind of life lifestyle would you want? Like, do you, like, when you look up the colleges and stuff, not only look up, like, what activities there are, like, clubs over there, because I know you need that for, like, the why this essay, why this college essay, right? But also, it's important to look up tourist places or, like, activities to do in the city, because you're obviously not going to be, like, you know, isolated in the college the whole time. You want it find things to do outside so I feel like you know that San Francisco has a lot of things for me to do there so I thought that's a good place and I also another criteria for me was weather um I cannot tolerate cold weather at all um like we have I like I talked about in one of our previous episodes um you know I'm not used to snow at all and I'm used to like 80s and so I knew that I would not apply to any colleges that had cold weather, basically. So, yeah. And don't do 30 colleges. <laughs> yeah, like please do not do that. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I guess kind of like moving on. So um, another frequently asked question is how can I win awards and get scholarships? Yeah, for awards, I would say I would. it's different than my answer for extracurriculars that they're not really weighted differently. I would say for awards, they are, because, like, if you win the Nobel Peace Prize, I mean, like, that's a pretty <laughs> good award. So, um, yeah, so I think awards, the ones that are national awards, those are harder to get, clearly. So 
Mm-hmm. The, the application process for those are very, very competitive, but I don't want to discourage anyone from applying to those. Um, but I would yeah. also, you know, tailor, tailor your ones towards the local ones and like regional ones in your geographic area. Um, mm-hmm. Those are going to be less competitive and you'll win more of them. Um, but, you know, mm-hmm. some, some of the awards are tend to get repetitive across like ap- the applicants, like National Honor Society. Yeah. Most everyone does it yeah, for the for top sure. schools, so it doesn't really stand mm-hmm. you stand out. Um, so I would honestly, if you ha- need a fifth spot and you're putting National Honor Society, leave it blank. I would I wouldn't put National Honor mm-hmm. Society. Um, yeah. And then for scholarships, I was not that proactive with scholarships. Um, I could have that was like in a room for improvement for me. Um, mm-hmm. But in terms of merit, a lot of I would Google. Uh, which colleges give most merit aid and uh, a u.s news article popped up when i um mm-hmm. did and i used that and they give up there some schools are very generous like i uh have received a lot of merit aid before january 1st through just my early action schools um and a lot of uh, colleges that are private especially they give they're very mm-hmm. generous because of the donors so yeah yeah yeah, I feel like a lot of students, they get discouraged to apply to um, private institutions because they believe that, you know, the tuition will be really high. But a lot of them, they will, like, cut your tuition in half or even make it free um, depending on, like, your income levels. And also, like Darian mm-hmm. said, they offer a lot of merit aid. They're very generous yeah. about that. And sometimes it could end up being cheaper than going to a public institution yeah for sure and I guess like um in terms of awards um like I would definitely also try to go for things that are kind of more tailored to what you want to pursue so things that are kind of more related to your major but like also your awards don't necessarily have to be just specifically your major because like for me Um, A few of my awards, I put stuff that I won in piano, and I'm not majoring in music, so um, it's just try to go for, and like, same thing goes for scholarships. Um, It's like, if you have an opportunity, and you feel like, um, like, you have, or you have the time to, like, I guess, take advantage of that opportunity, um, you should definitely do so for scholarships, because, um, like, you'll definitely have a chance of getting one if you apply to most of them, so. And also another thing to add to the awards is that, like, kind of like what Darian said, if it's, like, a super common award, like, I'm sure a lot of people who have, like, 4.0s, they get awards, like, Principal's Award, stuff like that, you know? Mm-hmm. I I would I definitely wouldn't add that because it truly doesn't add any value to it. Because they will already mm-hmm. see your grades and they'll see like, oh, you have good grades. Um, so I wouldn't really add that. But um, another thing is that they're not just like math and science competition awards. I feel like a lot of people join them, you know, to get awards and stuff and to show, um, you know, passion in their science major or math major. But um, mm-hmm. another thing is like you can look up like poetry contests. There's so many things online, actually like little contests that you Mm -hmm. can win and you can get awards for that and like yeah and also like nationally national um competitions and stuff they're obviously really hard but you know 
focusing more mm-hmm. regional and stuff. You know, at my school there was a Dias de los Muertos competition, right? And mm-hmm. I actually won first place for it, and I was really surprised. Oh, I was wow. like, "Whoa!" Because uh, I'm not really a good uh, artist. Like, I'm really not an artist, but I was surprised that I won. And so I just thought, like, e- even though it's just like a school competition, I think that adds more value, and it's a little bit more personalized. Rather than adding stuff like principals awards or like you know the National Honor Society, mm-hmm. like you said. Yeah, for sure. So our next question is: How many AP classes should a person take? Ooh, that's a good question. Um, I think it definitely varies by school. It varies by like your region, I guess. Um, I personally took about nine APs. Uh. Plus, I'm doing. I'm only doing um, two this year, so that's like a pretty big total. But it's only because like mm-hmm. our school kind of like normalizes that. So um, it really, I feel like the count isn't what matters. It's more of like just like what you learn. I think it's because I've only taken eight, if you include the ones I'm taking right now. And so I think the number of APs doesn't really matter、um, as much as which APs you did because I took the APs that I was like truly interested in,、um, and also it matters like how well you're you taking advantage of the resources you do have because colleges know that like not all high schools have the same number of AP classes like some have like twenty or thirty. But some only have like five or six, right? So it's really about taking advantage of all the resources if you you have. And so at my high school, there's not really that many. There, I would say maybe like ten, twelve AP classes. But I took more dual enrollment classes,、um, and I I only did it in stuff that I was interested. In. Like don't, and this is just a recommendation just for like classes. Like don't take classes just to make it look like like make it appear good for college applications. Do stuff that you're like actually interested in learning about. Yeah, I I would agree with that too.、Um, just to, in general, like APs、um, or IB or whatever you take、uh, dual enrollment.、Um, if your high school has weighted GPAs,、uh, I would. Take as many as you can. Like, if you want to be, you know, like it doesn't really matter that much. But if you want to be like valedictorian or salutatorian, and it's based off weighted GPA, like I would take AP classes if you want to be that. Like, I, I do not have the mental capacity <laughs> to be valedictorian of my school, like, just because there's you know so many more brighter and high achieving、mm-hmm. students at my school.、Um, but yeah, I as、uh, Serene said, do what you're passionate about and、mm-hmm. learn what you. Love learning about. Yeah, yeah, and yeah. Also about like class rank. A lot of students they think that to have a chance at a top college, you have to be you know like rank one or you know just like in the top ten or something. And I want to say like that is completely false because you know different schools have different types of rankings and stuff. You know, and like it's not uniform amongst all the high schools. So ranking doesn't. I mean, it does show how you compare to other students, I guess. But、um, like ranking is not everything, I would say.、Um, another question that's really common, especially with the pandemic,、uh, is how much do SATs matter this year? SAT slash ACT. 
do they help having a good score? Should you send a average score or a little below average? Uh, what are your thoughts on that? Um, here are my thoughts. If you are still in like the middle 50% range, just you should just turn it in. Even like, because I don't think it will necessarily like detract from your application. Yeah, I would still turn it in if you did have the opportunity to take it. But obviously, right at this point, like college applications are done. This would be more for like juniors at this stage. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think you guys will definitely have more opportunities to take the SAT and ACT. So I would still turn it in. Yeah, I think it's also really important to, if you have the option of taking standardized test, focus your on your SAT slash ACT rather than SAT subject tests, um, just because they're much much more important than SAT subject tests. Yeah. Um, and if you have, so I'm saying if you like have the, both of the opportunities, I would choose. Um, and as Serene said, if you're in the fiftieth middle fifty percent, just submit it. Um, I I did the yeah. same. Yeah. Yeah, and the SAT subject tests and stuff, they can um, be reflected in your AP scores as well. Because those are like forms of subject tests as well. So it's better to just focus on the ACT and yeah, or the SAT. Um, But I also think that having super high scores is not necessarily um, the most important thing for college admissions. Because they get like thousands of students who have really high scores. And just having like 20 or 30 points off will not necessarily make a big difference because it's just a matter of few questions. Mm-hmm. Um, so, like, they would definitely pay more attention to your personality. Yeah. Your course grades definitely matter more than just one test. And I feel like, especially these days, there's a lot of, um, you know, criticism of standardized testing. So, like, what's your opinion about that? Yeah, I think... Um personally uh, a lot of people don't have the resources for you know tutoring or some people do right. you know some people use so many tutoring even with the college admission scandal that happened two years you know they yeah, uh, google yeah. if you don't know you know they made a whole movie about it on lifetime <laughs> it was like it was a right. crazy <laughs> thing with the uh scandal but in general um i have i'm like neutral on it i think it um good that it's like a national test and there's not really any bias in terms of you know like because gpa there could be inflation and like deflation by certain schools um Mm -hmm, i know my school personally their gpa they um especially with online school it's kind of hard to get anything below a c like i think uh yeah the schools really you know they uh they're waiting participation more exactly Mm -hmm. and it's easier to you know say yeah for sure like you know you to say something in class and you know yeah yeah yeah. do well on tests so Mm -hmm. yeah i'm pretty neutral on it what about you alina um i feel like yeah i'm also pretty neutral about it because i feel like obviously test grades or test scores are important but they're definitely like not everything you know because like um, what Serene said about personality and um, kind of just like who you are as a person really is like important because your test score doesn't like define you. So 
I feel like people shouldn't be that concerned if like they don't have the test score that they want because it's definitely not gonna like it's not as harmful or as um like detrimental as they think it is yes yeah. and in the long run it's just like a number to be honest um mm-hmm. like if you're gonna think it's the most important thing in the world on mm-hmm. that you know saturday morning but in the long run there's other things that matter you know a lot of like things like people that have you know gone through this they've sacrificed testing and extracurriculars and academics over other things you know than like being social and knowing how to you know talk to people and knowing how to start a conversation and saying hi and you know asking another person how their day was and i think those oh are my you God, know, I 100% yeah i think those are more I, yeah. valuable in the long run when you want to find a job and you want to marry someone rather than you know <laughs> what you got on your trigonometry question on the sat so yeah yeah i agree 100% yeah yeah, and, like, to add on, um, I'd want to talk about, like, a lot of people shelling out so much money for all these SAT preps and stuff. First of all, I think there's a lot of free online resources that people aren't looking at. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, like, websites like Crack SAT or something. Oh, yeah. Or, I know, used... Even if you go through, like, Reddit, uh-huh. there's threads and stuff. So, I, especially for math, I'm not sure... Like, I'm definitely stronger on my math side, so I guess I might be a little bit biased. But, Mm -hmm. like, I wouldn't spend a lot of money on prep books for SAT math and stuff because, like, math is math, you know? And Mm -hmm. you can learn so much of... Khan Academy does a wonderful job with, like, all the math examples and stuff. Really try to use your resources without spending so much money on prep and, like, going to private tutoring and stuff. Mm -hmm. That would be my advice. Mm Mm-hmm. Yeah, I was going to say kind of just adding off or adding on to the whole idea of personality um, that that like a very big part of your personality shows in your essays and the alumni interviews that get conducted for some schools. So I would definitely recommend um, doing the alumni interviews because that's where you can learn a lot about the school and also kind of just tell um, the alumni who's going to be writing like a summary report or just like a summary of your conversation. Um, just more about like yourself and just more about who you are as a person and unique qualities about you that can't be, I guess, quantified in a score or like a test score. Yeah. And also about the interviews, there are some things about your personality that are kind of hard to convey through an essay. Mm-hmm. And the interviews really help with that because they know you as a real person. They're talking with you and you're actually able to talk about things that you're like maybe more excited about that you didn't get the chance to talk about in your application. Mm-hmm. So I think it would just be, you know, another data point kind of um, in the sense that like, you know, they they have more to go off of besides yeah, for just sure. the application you sent in. Yeah. And so a question a lot of people have is like, what are some tips for interviews and like, how do you approach them? Yeah, I would 100%. Uh, I came into the interview process very unknown, did not know how it works. Um, but I realized that you need to prep. Like after mm-hmm. I had my first interview, I really noticed that you need to prep. Yeah. If you're if you're if they're asking questions and you're just stuttering or you're not knowing really what your answer is talking about, I would hundred percent you know make a Google Doc, ask the potential questions that they would ask, mm-hmm. and um, have answers for each question. 
uh, and after the interview, I cannot <laughs> emphasize this enough, is to send them a thank you email. Oh, yeah, for personal 100%. experience. Yeah, I've gotten in trouble for not saying thank you, even though I didn't think it was you know, that big of a deal. <laughs> but, um, yeah, just be cordial, be yeah. respectful. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're sacrificing their time out of their busy days. So, you know. Yeah. Yeah, I 100% agree with um, adding that thank you note really helps because, you know, you're showing your gratitude and, mm-hmm. you know, they don't have to do these interviews. Yeah. Like they have like they have so many other things to do. But the fact that they're taking their time out of the day to interview future students like that shows a lot about them, mm-hmm. you know, that they want to take time to do this. Mm-hmm. So I think it's really important to show your appreciation. And um, another tip for like um, these interviews is that they're always going to ask, why do you want to go to this college? I feel like mm-hmm. that's for every college. I'm not. You guys have gone through the interview process as well, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. And they ask, why do you want to go here, right? Mm-hmm. So I think a tip for that is you truly need to know why in the world do you want to actually go there, right? Are, are you just going there for the rankings? Because if that's the reason, I, I don't really recommend going yeah. there, you know? Like, you need to truly be motivated and know that, like, that is the college you want to go to. And you need to be able to talk about that. Because Mm -hmm. if you're stuttering and, like, have no idea why you want to go there, like, so that just shows you're not prepared and you haven't, like, done research about the college. Mm -hmm. So that would be my number one recommendation is really knowing why you want to go there. Yeah, and I think that's kind of the whole idea with demonstrated interest so yeah yeah all right yeah and a lot of students they ask um like how do you show demonstrated interest Mm -hmm. i think the interview is actually number one way to show it Mm -hmm. in a way yeah and um a lot of people think that going to the summer programs for the college will show it but um i think colleges have made it pretty clear that going to their summer program doesn't increase your chances um but the interview i think does help with that mm. and then visiting the college um sometimes helps for some colleges i think who like ask like did you have any contact yeah with the yeah college or something yeah I, um I, that's just a way of them to check for demonstrated interest yeah i think also one of the very more important things for demonstrators is your essays specifically mm-hmm. your why us essay and a lot of people are like as as the years are going by acceptance rates are going much lower uh, just because, you know, it's getting more competitive and people are trying to, you know, they're catching along with the trends. So a lot of people are going to have very similar why us essays. So make sure yours is unique. So instead of just saying, you know, I want to go to uh, Caltech's cafeteria because, you know, uh, they Their seem like they have really good, good food. Yeah. yeah. Just say, like, maybe <laughs> connect it to, you know, my grandma, whenever she visits for Thanksgiving, you know, she like don't lie but like, like yeah, if this yeah. Is the case. like if your grandma you know makes uh latkes for thanksgiving and caltech's cafeteria has latkes every friday so you could connect that yeah you know to your personal just yeah uh, for sure just make it i guess more personalized and also just like not super duper general it's just like oh they have a good program like also another thing would be that like when you're reading this mm-hmm. it should come off as you're the only person who could have wrote this like Mm. nobody else should have the same opinion about this college as you 
And if it seems pretty general that somebody else could probably have the same feelings about the college, then I, I would redo it because it has to truly... I think for the why this essay good format is basically to connect a personal anecdote with um, something that you've seen in the college. I think that's the best way to make it personalized and show why you want to go there. Um, so why do you guys think students are making so many nonprofits? And is that an advantage? Is that a disadvantage? How do you think, you know, admission um, officers look at those? I think like um, there's definitely like an upward trend, especially in the amount of people who are, I guess, I don't want to say just like making things out of the blue because that's like undermining their work efforts, but it's just like mm-hmm. just creating like new organizations, new nonprofits to kind of like help benefit society and stuff. But um, a lot mm-hmm. of these organizations are like really good because like personally, I think that it's great that these people want to start like startups or doing these organizations to kind of helps the greater good or help the community but another part of that is just like a lot of people are like doing it just for their resume boosting if that makes sense i don't know if yeah. that happens in I your feel like areas sometimes it seems a bit pretentious in a way mm. and also make sure you're you're working on it like if you're if the deadline for your early decision school is november 1st and you're starting a nonprofit on october 15th like that doesn't look good you know like you're creating a nonprofit in two weeks before the deadline just so yeah. it looks good like at least have it for like a year like at least or six months or something and and i if you are you know the founder or the leader make sure you're the leader of someone else like make sure it's not just you're the only person in this nonprofit. yeah yeah so if you're calling yourself you know the leader or you know the president make sure there's you know you're the president of other people so make sure there's at least you know like three or four people in your club uh to make it you know look legit definitely um colleges also will look at like duration so like um by duration i mean like like longevity of like your project mm-hmm. or your nonprofit. so it's kind of similar to what darian was talking about in terms of like if you start something like two weeks before your deadline as opposed to if you've been running this um like nonprofit for like two years it makes a very big difference yeah time would definitely just be the key factor in creating one but i wouldn't discourage anyone from creating it but don't create it for a college application create it for a cause that you actually care about and um because then you'll be more motivated to put time into it and um really make it grow and um you know you want to be able to like quantify um the results of your nonprofit, you know what I mean? And um like actually have a lot of people in it. And um yeah, and just don't start one like just right before, you know, college applications are due because then you can people can clearly see through that. Yeah, and and to also know that on the common app, like it says what your parents do for a living or like if they work or whatever they're doing. So make sure the things you're doing are not really closely related uh, most often to, you know, what your parents, like if you're, if you're like, for example, if your mom is a break, like I have colored pencils near me, so this is what I thought. If you're, if your mom, you know, is a big shot at Crayola and you're over your summer or you create a nonprofit, you know, that's affiliated with Crayola, you know, and they know that, that seems like a little, 
that doesn't seem, you know, genuine and you, you know, worked hard to get the internship, you know. Right. So like do things that are uh that they know that you worked hard for to get and you worked hard, you know, to create the nonprofit. Yeah. So our final question for today is who should I get my letters of recommendation from and how do you get them? Oh, that's like a very good question. Um at least for me for letters of recommendation, I looked for two teachers that taught like two subjects that were um, like different. So I looked for one teacher who is more STEM oriented. So I asked my physics teacher. And then I also looked for a teacher who is humanities oriented. So my AP Lang teacher. And I think it's good to have um, two teachers that teach two separate or two different subjects because some colleges will require you to have um like a stem recommender and a humanities recommender but i feel like it also is good to have two recommenders from different um subject areas because it kind of shows that you're more um like dimensional i guess because like it's not like you're majoring in science and you have two science teachers so like all you can do is science so i feel like um it's good to have like if you're majoring in STEM, it's good to have a humanities recommender. And if you're majoring in humanities, it's good to have like someone from the STEM side. But that's just me. Yeah, you definitely want to show um, like that, you know, you can excel in multiple subjects. And um, I think another recommendation that I would have is, well, some colleges, they require this. But it's to have your um, junior or senior year teachers write your letter of recommendation. Because um, in, um, in the two years um, in freshman and sophomore, you'll definitely grow much more intellectually. And so I think that would be better reflected in, in junior and senior year. And also, when you're choosing a teacher, um, it's a big plus if um, that teacher is like you know maybe the advisor for one of the extracurriculars you do um because that you know that would really help you know because it would be easier for them to talk about you and your personality um because if you just ask a teacher that you barely know and like i don't know maybe your math class like they won't have much to say but if you perhaps like ask your science teacher and like they're also um the advisor for you know a club like science olympiad they have more to talk about also ask a teacher that's known you for a long time and this can just be like just a few interactions just in maybe freshman and a few in sophomore but at least you have that you know the connection over a few years they know you a little bit um yeah i think you basically covered it just to you know have a good reputation with whoever teacher you're picking. Doesn't matter which academic subject. Just make sure that's. I think that's the most important thing that they could speak well on your behalf. Um, and you know, like your guidance counselor. Maybe you know you see them one fifteen minute slot per month. So they don't really know you that well. <laughs> you know. So I think teacher evaluations are really important because you've had them for at least a year. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. So choose wisely, but don't overstress it because it's not going to make yeah. you break your application. Yeah. yeah. 
And what do you think about optional recommendations? Oh, definitely take advantage of those because if you can get like a mentor from an internship to write a recommendation or just like an advisor or anybody who's like um, part of your extracurriculars, that's really important to you. Mm -hmm. um, it's definitely good to have their input because they know you as a person as well. Yeah. So I think that'll definitely help. And like one final thing I wanted to add was um, a lot of people think that you need to have um, a letter of recommendation like, you know, from, I don't know, like the CEO or something. That's completely not true because um, it's, it's better to get a letter of recommendation from somebody who truly knows you than a general recommendation from somebody who's like in charge of the organization or whatnot because if they don't know much about you the letter of recommendation is basically useless so awesome so yeah that pretty much wraps it up um we hope you guys gained insight on the whole college admissions process and um thank you darian for being on our show today of course thank you guys for having me yeah it was a pleasure to have you on and yeah so thanks so much for tuning in and we hope to see you in our next episode bye, bye.